0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The Johnson White's program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self Polishing Blow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Jimmy Shields, Bill Thompson, Arlo Wilcox, Gee, thanks, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Goody Goodbye. Wax, you saved your floors. You've heard me say this many times, but I wonder if you've really stopped to think about it, about the unique service that genuine Johnson's Wax performs in your home. As a matter of fact, there just isn't any other product that can do what wax does for your floors, protect them and beautify them at the same time. The tough shield of Johnson's Wax is invisible, transparent, and yet it protects and guards the floor surface against scuffing feet, scratches, and dirt. This same shield of genuine Johnson's Wax adds rich, mellow beauty to your floors. Beauty that actually increases with every application. And of course, Johnson's Wax is also a work saver. It does away with tiresome floor scrubbing. And Johnson's Wax floors are the easiest of all floors to keep clean. And besides floors, there are 100 other labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax. Furniture, woodwork, window sills, leather goods. You'll find these extra uses listed right on the Johnson Wax package. Paste or liquid. Did you ever take a tour through a modern broadcasting studio? It's a wonderful experience, and here's your chance to do it. At the Wistful Vista Broadcasting Company studio, where the guide is about to conduct a regular half-hour tour. And here, among the milling sightseers, we find Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: Oh, come on, Molly, let's go home. I'm getting tired waiting around here. No, Cut.
3: sir, I've wanted to take one of these studio tours for a long time, dearie. They say it's very educational. Well,
2: uh, okay. After all, radio's been buttoned into our home for 20 years. It's about time we returned the call. <laughs> all right, folks, please form a line, follow me. I'll explain
4: things to you as we go along. Follow me, please.
2: What's all this machinery in here, bud? Is this where they wind Winchell up every Sunday night?
3: (laughs) McGee, don't be so fresh. This,
4: ladies and gentlemen, is our sound effects department. This room contains every possible sound effect that... Pardon
3: me, please, Mr. Guide. There's one sound effect I've often wondered about. Uh, Yes, madam? Uh, Well, uh, for instance, on that Johnson wax program, my stars, how do they get the effect of all those people laughing at Fibber McGee's jokes?
5: (laughs)
4: Madam, there are still some things about radio that baffle the experts.
2: <laughs> now, do you all see this large rubber ball? What do you use that for, bud? Sound effect of a bouncing baby? Ha! I wasn't talking. Quiet.
4: <laughs> this rubber ball, ladies and gentlemen, is used, surprisingly enough, for the effect of an explosion.
5: Uh-huh. Well, can you we imagine?
4: It is made of very thin rubber and filled with small pebbles. When shaken and held up to the microphone, it produces a loud explosive sound. Let me show you. Now, let us continue the tour, please. And this is our Studio J. It has an audience seating capacity of 350. Uh, this way, please. Studio K, it seats 325. <laughs> Studio L, seats 300. Hey, you're out of step, bud.
3: That's you, dearie.
4: Studio M, it seats 350. And this, ladies and gentlemen, completes the tour. Are there any questions?
2: Yeah, I got a question, oh but... uh, Yes, sir. What is it, sir? How do they get all them little pebbles into that rubber ball? <laughs> Folks, Jimmy Shields sings
6: Stardust. Sometimes... I wonder why I spend a lonely night Dreaming of a song The melody haunts my reverie And I am once again with you When our love was new And each kiss an inspiration Now my consolation is in the stardust of a song, beside a garden wall when stars are bright. You are in my arms. The nightingale tells this fairy tale of paradise where roses grow. I dream in vain, always in my heart it will remain, my stardust melody, the memory of love.
2: tour, Molly. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think they have a sound
3: effect for falling arches? <laughs> My feet are killing me. Yeah,
2: mine, too. <laughs> Wonder why they don't let the tourists ride around on them cycles they're always bragging about. <laughs> here, sit down on this bench here a while, Molly. Ah,
3: heavenly days. Yeah. If that guide had showed us only 42 more studios, I'd have gone back for that rubber ball and blown the place up.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, well,
3: Johnny. Hello, daughter. What you doing? Resting. We were just uh, taking a studio tour.
2: Eh? We were kind of disappointed on not seeing any radio stars, the old-timer. Molly thought if she could only make a grab at Jack Benny's ostrich, it would be quite a feather in her hat.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's pretty awful, Johnny.
7: <laughs> that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> Where I heard it, one feller says to t'other feller, "See, says, I see where Mae West just finished making another movie. Yep, says t'other feller, I sure want to see that. She's number one on my hips parade." <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta skip along. My boy Rance wants to borrow fifty bucks to finish up the secretarial course. Must be learning the touch system. <laughs> so long, kid.
2: That old twerp He's just a feeble old squirt From the Fountain of Youth
3: <laughs> Ah, well, come on Let's go home Okay t- I'll be so tired in the morning I'll have to do the dishes in bed <laughs> Oh, McGee, look There's Mr. Gildersleeve
2: Who Gil- Oh, hi, Gildy, old man Hello
3: <laughs> Oh, what's wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve? Why,
2: cheer up, Throcky old rutabaggar You still got plenty of time To do your Christmas shopping Ha! Stop it, McGee, please. (laughs) I'm in no
8: mood for that sort of thing. Okay, I'll quit. Oh, I'm in a terrible mess, McGee, terrible.
3: Well, if this was 15 years ago, I'd think your home brew had exploded. What is it, Mr. Gildersleeve?
2: Now, look, Gildersleeve, personally, I don't know why I should want to help you. You hate my, uh, and I don't like yours either. But I'll help you if I can, McGee. You're
8: so full of balloon juice, you ought to travel around with a ground crew. That's so. But I've simply got to talk to somebody.
3: My, my, it's nice to have you boys on such friendly terms again. What's the trouble, Mr. Gildersleeve?
8: Well, as you know, I am the manufacturer of Gildersleeve's girlish girdles. Yes? Now, here's what happened. Yeah? I decided to go on the radio with my advertising so I contracted for a half hour on the air.
2: Oh, how marvelous. Uh, oh, that's quite a contraction,
8: Rocky. Uh, what kind of show you got? I haven't got a show. What? That's what's the trouble. In exactly 20 minutes, Gildersleeve's girlish girdles go on the air, and I haven't any program. Oh. And all because the union won't let my wife sing.
2: <laughs> Gildersleeve, there must be a power watching over you to meet me at a time like this. What you mean, McGee? Well, now that you've laid an egg, I'm going to save your bacon.
5: Okay.
2: I've got a great idea for a radio program, brand new. But what do you know about radio broadcasting, McGee? Who, me? Why, oh, shucks, Gildersleeve. I've been interested in radio ever since I was knob high to a door slam. <laughs> Why, even as a little tyke, I studied broadcasting because I simply loved to work at a microphone. For the love of Mike McGee, I was known as an individual. For the love of Mike McGee, the mastermind who made Marconi's mysterious megacycle machine a modern miracle of music, merriment and melodrama for miscellaneous multitudes, monarch of melody whose melancholy murmuring of Mother McCree and McCushla of the mascara on milkmaids in Milwaukee, mere maids in the Mediterranean, and milady's maids in Manhattan, and mercy me, the magic manipulator of the mandolin, memorizing a mass of melodic manuscripts from the mountain music for old Matilde to let me solve your problem, Gildy. <laughs>
8: Well, McGee, if if you really have something... I have. I assure you, you won't lose by it. Uh, Let's step in this office here and talk it over, eh? Right here? (laughs) Okay, Rocky.
1: Oh, uh, are we intruding? No, no, I was just dictating. Uh, Have a chair. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, Ready, Miss Green?
5: Yes, Mr. Wilcox.
1: And, uh, Johnson's glow coat will not only make your housework much easier, comma, but it beautifies and protects your linoleum, comma, and brings out the original
2: color and charm of the pattern, period, paragraph.
1: Uh, just a few more lines, folks.
2: Uh, certainly, certainly. Go right ahead. What do you mean, go right ahead? You got no more chance of stopping that guy, comma, than I have of getting the Nobel Prize for tea tasting exclamation. (laughs) Uh,
1: all right, Miss Green. Uh, to apply Johnson's glow coat, comma, just pour a few drops on the linoleum, comma, spread it around, dash. It needs no rubbing or buffing, dash, and in 20 minutes your floor is not only lovely to look at, comma, but sealed against dirt and dampness, period. Uh, make four copies of that, Miss Green. Well, hello there,
3: Molly. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi,
1: Harlow. Hello, Fibber. Goodbye,
3: Mr. Wilcox. Goodbye,
1: Molly. So long, Harlow. So long, Fibber. Come on, Miss Green. <laughs> oh well, uh, so long, Harlow.
2: <laughs> well, McGee, it's a, it's a business. I haven't much time left. Uh, what is this great radio idea? Look, Gildersleeve, here it is. My thought is to make your studio audience part of the program. You get it? That's simple, ain't it?
3: Why, that's wonderful, oh, sit, McGee. McGee.
2: Well, it sounds very interesting. Yes, sir. A little unorthodox, though, isn't it? Unorthodox? Why, it's revolutionary. <laughs> now, get this. My idea is to ask the people to step up out of the audience and have somebody ask them questions. Heavenly day. Sure.
8: Well, it's a terrific gamble, McGee. By, George, never let it be said that Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve was afraid to be a pioneer.
2: Good for you, Throcky. And if the idea works out all right, I get the job of putting it on, eh?
8: Yes. But come on, hurry up, McGee. Okay. And if this isn't successful. Huh? Oh, what a come down for Gildersleeve's girdles. <laughs>
5: we
2: Thank you, Billy Mills, and folks, welcome to the Gilder Sleeve Girdle Quiz. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Tonight sees the introduction to radio of a sensational new idea. We're going to make you, the audience, a regular part of the show. Won't yes. 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 that be ducky? But first, let me introduce our mistress of ceremonies, Molly McGee.
3: How do you do? I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Notice her graceful bow, folks? That was made possible by the comfort and flexibility of a gilder sleeve. Hey.
5: Huh?
2: Oh, oh yeah. Well, to get on with the program, folks, we're going to ask different members of the audience to step up on the stage and draw questions out of a hat. Them answering the question correct gets either a $5 bill or an order on the Bond Town Department Store for a sleeve girdle. Now, don't be shy. Nobody's going to be embarrassed. Except you. Huh? Except me. What do you... Oh... All right. Will somebody volunteer from the audience? Oh, wait a oh, let me through there. Let me through.
3: Well, now, uh, here's the first contestant, McGee. Will you please draw a
2: slip out of the hat, sir? Yeah, okay. And here is the first question. <laughs> and I might say it's a tough one. Name the place and date of the birth of Milton J. Printwistle, the famous wallpaper designer.
8: January 12th, 1901, at 4.13 a.m. in East Cupcake, Ohio. Oh.
2: <laughs> that is absolutely correct. And for answering that difficult question, here is a crisp new $5 bill. Thank you for coming up, Mr., uh, Mr. Uh,
8: Pret-Wistle, Milton J. Pretwistle. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Volunteer, McGee. Uh, step right up to the microphone, Matt. No, no, that's me, husband. This is the microphone.
2: <laughs> now then, sis, your name, please.
3: Uh, Mrs. Patricia Goldfarb,
5: uh, 16, 17 and a half, Think Alarms Apartment Hotel.
3: <laughs> and the uh, girdle size 38. Well, thank you, Mrs. Goldfarb. Uh, Draw a question out of the hat now, please.
2: That's it, sis. And here is your question. Can you identify the theme song of a well-known radio program of which the band will play a few bars of? (laughs) Mm. All right, Mr. Mills. Oh, come, come, Mrs. Goldfarb. Whose theme song is that? I might tell you it was Fred Allen, but I'd be an awful fibber if I did. (laughs) Come on, sis, don't you catch on to it?
6: Don't rush me, please.
3: Now tell us, uh, what is your favorite radio program on Tuesday night, Mrs. Goldfarb? I haven't got one. Oh, Oh, you haven't got a
2: favorite program?
3: No, I haven't got a radio.
2: (laughs) I I guess I'm giving up. (laughs) That's too bad. Students! Oh, come on, folks, whose theme song is it? I see we have another volunteer from the audience. Here you are, Chowderhead, after service. Oh,
3: thank you, sir. Your name, please? Horatio
7: K. Boomer, care of Joe's Tavern. While you're there, see what the boys in the back room will have that I haven't got.
3: Now, uh, your occupation, Mr. Boomer?
2: Broker. Much, in (laughs) fact. Thank you, Mr. Boomer. Will you please draw a question? That's it. Now, your question is, where is the Taj Mahal?
7: Taj Mahal? Yep. Don't accuse me till I take a look. <laughs> Taj Mahal, Taj Mahal. Ah, uh, where do I put that Taj Mahal? <laughs> have it right here someplace. Let me see now. Uh, here's a small straitjacket to keep me from biting my nails. <laughs> Drinking glass made from Confederate money. Ah, yes, the original dick... <laughs> here's a cork leg in case I have to float alone. <clears throat> set of mock beans for unscrupulous bingo players. Aha, what's this? Oh, yes, a wig I took from a man named Peter's. Trying to give it to my brother, Paul. <laughs> Seems like I had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Yes, yes, and a check for a short beer. Well, well, imagine that, no Taj Mahal.
3: Well, sorry, Mr. Boomer, no $5 for
7: you. Oh, well, it's a smart shot that never flashes a fin. Good evening, my dear. Good night, ask it Biscuit.
2: <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, for an interesting variation of this sensational new radio feature, which we call The Bag of Gold.
3: We have on this table the telephone books of every city in the United States with more than two pages of Joneses. We spin the magic wheel and call the phone number indicated.
2: If the person is at home when the call comes in, he receives the bag of gold. If he ain't at home, he gets left holding the bag. Spin it, boys. What number in what town, Mrs. McGee?
3: Dillingham, 415 in Buttonhook, Tennessee. And here's the
2: telephone, Professor. Thank you. Hello, operator. Give me long distance. Hello. This is the bag of gold calling Buttonhook, Tennessee, Dillingham, 415. Hello? Hello? Is this Buttonhook, Tennessee? Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh. <laughs> How's everything, Mert? McGee, stop
3: that. There's no time for that now.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Mert. There's some mistake. We'll have to go on with that. We'll have to go on now. We'll try it again next week. Now, who's next from the audience?
3: Uh, This lady right here.
2: What is your name, please, madam? Well, really, Mr. McGee, that seems a peculiar
3: kind of question. Come on, Muffy.
2: Come on. Cooperate. Your name, please? Uh, Mrs. Abigail Fogringill
3: Uppington of 97, Whistle Vista. Oh. Well, now, will you please draw a question from the hat, please, madam? No, mm-hmm. uh, thank you. And your
2: question is... <laughs> ah, this is an old one, Uppy. Even you ought to know this one. <laughs> How do you get down off an elephant? I beg your pardon? How does one get
3: down off, off an elephant? That's right, an elephant. Yeah, you know, an elephant.
2: A big gray animal with ivory tusks. And a Dewey for President badge in his lapel.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, Dad. Oh, well, no. Oh, but really, I've had very little experience in either mounting or dismounting from a pachyderm. Now, the word is elephant, and how do you get down off of it? Well, in the first place, my dear, I consider the question very clumsily worded. It should say, how does one descend from an elephant? When you say get down, one immediately thinks of down as procured from the back of a fowl, such as a chicken or a duck. Oh, I have it, I have it! Oh, one does not
5: have it, I have it! Oh, one does not get down off of an elephant one gets down off a duck. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> oh, really, now,
4: that was quite clever of me, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> you betcha, Uppy. And here's an order on the Bontan department store for a genuine Sleeve girlish girdle. Oh. Though girlish is stretching it a bit. <laughs> Well, folks, I see the hands of the old clock on the wall indicate we only got time for one more contestant. One more volunteer, please. Uh, your name, please. Yeah, my name is Socrates W. Maxim. Maxim. Socrates W. Maxim. 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 Just call me Sock.
3: <laughs> and uh, where do you live, sir?
2: Well, I have my residence. My home is located. I have my residence. I
4: live in Punxsutawney. 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 Next week, I am moving to
2: Ames, Iowa. You draw a question, please. Thank you.
3: Oh, and the question is, how would you say Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers in pig Latin?
2: If I ain't mistaken, bud, you're going to earn this five bucks the hard way. Well, come on now, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers in pig Latin. Peter pay, Iper pay. Oh, it ain't
4: worth it.
2: Folks, you have just heard the most sensational radio program ever produced in this country. Originated by Fibber McGee and grown to you by the Gildersleeve Girdle Company.
3: And folks, remember our slogan. In country, town, or busy city, our girdles keep you sitting pretty. Oh, boy. Oh, my, that was wonderful, McGee. I'm so proud of him.
2: Oh, shucks, you were just as good as I was, my You think so? Boy, will old Gildersleeve be tickled about this.
3: Well, I'm pretty happy about it myself. Say, how did you ever think of it? You're so clever, dearie.
2: Oh, shucks, it was nothing that any red, red-blooded, clean, living American boy wouldn't have thought of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Here, McGee. I want a word with you. <laughs> I'll bet you do, Gildersleeve.
8: Wasn't that the most terrific? I've been bamboozled. Huh? I've been misled. Huh? I've been had. Oh. Well, what do you mean, Mister
3: Gildersleeve?
8: This program of yours is out. You're through. Why, Gildy? McGee, I've been talking to people around here.
3: Yeah, what they say, Gildy. What?
8: This they say? idea has been done before.
5: Didn't Pasha.
1: Deber and Molly will be back in just a moment, but first, let me ask, how's your kitchen floor these days? Is it bright and cheerful? Are the colors faded and gloomy? Do you have trouble keeping it clean? Are you a floor scrubber? It's my ambition to keep right on telling the wonderful story of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat until every kitchen floor in America is sparkling with glow-coated beauty, and every one of my listeners enjoys the extra time and leisure that glow coat gives them. This modern floor polish becomes more popular every day because it fills such a need. It keeps linoleum floors fresh and beautiful, protects them, and makes them last longer, and saves hours of cleaning time. Glow Coat takes practically no work, no rubbing, and no buffing. You simply apply, and in 20 minutes, your floor has dried with a beautiful protective polish that's so easy to keep clean. You can use Glow coat on your varnished or painted wood floors, too. Ask your dealer tomorrow for a can of Johnson self-polishing Glow Coat. Bell G-L-O hyphen
3: Ladies and gentlemen, before we say goodnight, may we take this opportunity to urge you all to support, to the best of your ability, the campaign against infantile paralysis.
2: Yes, folks, send your dimes marching to Washington today and as much more as you can afford. Remember, what looks like small change to you may bring about a big change in the life of some crippled child. Good night.
3: Good night, all.
1: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>